okay. I, I, I was going to wait for Oh, there, Sean, you did this for me. E pluribus unum, the Torah, and the USA. I'm looking for my magic device. In unity there is strength, but what is there in division? I said I've never preached a sermon like this. This is the only sermon that could be accused of being political that I have ever preached since 1990 or so. I became the rabbi here in December 27th, 1991, but who's counting? But I may have preached before then. So since then, I've never. But I want you to know I'm not going to be talking about a particular candidate. I'm only going to be talking about politics because this chapter in the story of, ba of, Bab of Babel, or of Babel, as we prefer to say, is a very political story. And it gives us some things to remember. So let's see. First, the question is, how are we, the United States, doing? How are we doing nowadays? Depends who you ask. But uh, in the midterm elections, 76% of the people polled said the United States is growing more disunited. It's growing more divided. 76%. I'll make it easier for you. They polled people. Three out of four people they polled said it's getting more divided. That's huge. And uh, this year, the Pew study, the Pew Center, which is the major center for studying uh, cultural trends in America, the Pew Center discovered that 65% of people polled believe this trend will continue in the future. Not only are we more divided than ever, but it's getting worse. This is the assessment of most people in the United States. So I want to submit to you that a divided country is not a good thing. That division is not good. But I'm going to take it besides talking about our country to talking about other contexts as well. So stay tuned. So here's a, a quote from a guy named George Washington. George Washington was a truly great man. He's extraordinary. He could have, he could have presented himself to be king for life or president for life, and they would have done it immediately. He was so admired. By the way, he was six feet four, which he was a giant in those days. He was six feet four, deeply respected. There's a famous story where the members of the colonial army they had not gotten paid for at least six months or more. There's just nothing to pay him with. And they, uh, he was living in Philadelphia, I believe. And they, uh, they came and they began to mass a demonstration in a square there. They were going to have a public demonstration. And Washington just came and he stood in his window. And he looked at him. And they all dispersed. He didn't say a word. But they were ashamed. And they, they went home. That's the kind of man he was. Huh? He's lucky he wasn't in Chicago. That's true. He was a Yankee fan, though, but this is another story. And here's what he wrote. He wrote about his career. He wrote this interesting statement to Thomas Jefferson. He said, quote, 
I was no party man myself, and the first wish of my heart was, if parties did exist, to reconcile them. Wow. That was his view of political idealism. That was what he hoped for, that there shouldn't be no parties at all, but if there are parties, they should be reconciled. He did not want to see a disunited states. Uh, but this statement will get a lot of laughs on Facebook. So let's see. Where are we going today? I want to give you three cues from Scripture. The first one comes from our Torah reading. Three cues from Scripture, or clues if you prefer, about why uh, and how we ought to pursue unity as a country and otherwise as well. I'll save that for later. Why and how. So let's look first of all. The first clue, uh, the Tower of Babel. We need to create a common lingo, a common way of speaking about our situation. America needs this. And I know it sounds terribly idealistic. I know it sounds, may sound stupid to some of you. I don't really care. On the basis of Scripture, I will say, this is something we need, because if it doesn't happen, we're in trouble. Here's what it says in the 11th chapter of Genesis, in the context of the story of the Tower of Babel. God comes down and he says, the people are united, and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. He's saying that when a people is united, when they're all speaking the same language, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have people speaking Spanish in America, or Russian, or Ukrainian, or whatever. That's not what it's about. It means that we uh, understand each other. We have a common lingo. We have a common way of talking about our situation, uh, of speaking about our situation. When we can make ourselves understood, when we are understood, when uh, we have understandable and common ground understandings of the problem, then we can do anything. But let me ask you a question. If we don't have a common understanding, if we have conflicting interpretations, conflicting prescriptions, and we argue them, can we get anything accomplished? That's the question. And the answer of the Torah is no. If we are united, if we are speaking the same, ter the same terms about our problem, nothing is impossible for us. But if we don't, and if we can't, and if we insist upon our divisions, nothing gets done, and everything falls apart. That's what Rabbi Dr. Stuart Darman is telling you, and that's also what Torah is telling you. Let's look at our second clue. These are all passages in the Bible about unity. This is a strange one. This is about Dina, who is the only daughter mentioned, uh, who is the sister of the, of the fellows who were the, the 12 sons of Jacob. She uh, 
a fellow named Hamor, the son of Shechem, takes a liking to her and he sleeps with her. Not something you do in that culture at all. And Jacob's sons get wind of it and they are furious that this man has defiled their sister. But Hamor loves her and he wants to marry her. She apparently loves him. So he asks his father and mother, would you go to these 12 sons of Jacob and their father Jacob and would you ask if we can marry? And this is part of what their answer is. They said, here is a solution. If every man among you, you, the people of Shechem, that was, the village was named after him, he was the leader, but the village was named after him. If you and the people of Shechem will be circumcised like we are, then we will give you our daughters and we'll take your daughters for ourselves. We will live among you and become one people. We'll become one people. This is a second thing that America needs. We need to retain the sense of being one people, of being these United States. We need to value and preserve a common covenantal bond. The Constitution is a, it's a, it's, it's a covenant. The, the Declaration of Independence is a covenant where the states agree to be together, to be these United States. We in America need to revalue, reclaim, and uh, our, our own covenantal bond with each other. We need to remember that we're meant to be unified. If we have a unified way of talking about our problems, if we have a sense, of the, if we want to preserve our unity and value it, rather than, than saying, well, you know, there are some people who think that Southern California ought to break away and form another state. There are people who joke about Texas becoming another state. It's no joke. Our country needs to deliver, to be delivered from this separatism that we have. If we're going to get anything accomplished, we have to value our common covenantal bond. That's the second principle from our scripture. Here's the third one from the book of Esther. We should be a people who is governed by a common set of principles and procedures. We call that the Constitution and what flows from the Constitution. We need to be a people who is submitted to, values, treasures the Constitution. We find in the book of Esther, I'm going to mention something I want you to prepare to boo. Haman, Haman is talking to Achishverus. And he wants to plant in Ahasuerus' mind an anti-Semitic intent towards the Jewish people. And here's part of what he says in chapter 3, verse 8. There's a certain race of people scattered throughout your prov the pro all provinces of your empire who keep themselves separate from everyone else. Their laws are different from those of any other people, and they refuse to obey the laws of the king. This is one of the things that unites the Jewish people as a people, a common law. And similarly, the United States needs to be united by a common law. We need to value that. We need to preserve it. We need to treasure it. We need to fight for it and submit to it. 
if you don't like the laws, what do you do? Huh? No, you change them. How do you change the laws? It starts with a V. Thank you. You vote. But you can't have a country that gets anything done which cannot speak in a common way about their, about their problems, which does not value the unity for which so many bled and died, and which uh, ignores law when it's convenient. It doesn't work that way. So, this is what scripture says. What do we need in our country? We need to create a common lingo, a common under... Now, we're far from this. We're far from this. We need consensus. My prediction, we're going to go through terrible crisis. I mean, really bad. Maybe war. Before we can begin to value these things. Remember how united we were after 9-11? We need catastrophe in order to be united. I wish it wasn't so, but that's the way it is. We need, a, we need to create a common lingo and value it. We need to value and preserve a common covenantal bond. And we need to be governed by a common set of principles and procedures. We need to value unity more than we value getting our own way. That takes maturity, which is hard to find. So, in unity there is strength. But what is there in division? Chaos. Weakness. And there's nothing to commend it. So, what we need in our congregation, this is the other context I wanted to talk to you about today. These principles need to apply in the future of Avatsion Synagogue, Messianic Synagogue, if there is going to be a future for the synagogue. You know, I'm 75 years old. I don't know how much long I'm going to be with you. I'm not the future of this congregation. But if the congregation is to have a future, we need to create and maintain a common understanding that's different from, well, everybody else understands it this way, But I insist on this. That's very nice. You've got to love unity more than you love your own opinion. We need to create and maintain a common understanding. We need to value and preserve a common covenantal bond. And we need to be governed by a set of principles and procedures. Now, this is not my personal philosophy. This is what came out of the scripture to me this week when I prepared a sermon for you. I think these are principles from God. I think they apply to our country. God help us. We're in terrible trouble. I think they apply to our congregation. And I invite you to consider them for yourselves. Here is how Paul talks about these ideas in Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore I a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you were called, 
with complete humility and gentleness, with patience, putting up with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Ruach in the bond of Shalom. There is one body and one Ruach, just as also you are called in one hope of your calling. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one immersion. There is one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Let us pursue unity of vision. Let us pursue unity of identity as a covenantal bond. Let us pursue unity of obedience to a set of principles and procedures. Then nothing will be impossible for us. But otherwise, we're only kidding ourselves. Stand. You have that song? 